0: Here is Bryce Johnson.
1: Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life. I'm Bryce Johnson. I hope you're having a wonderful day. Do check out our website, unpackingit.com. And while you're there, if you haven't signed up for one of our fantasy football leagues, be sure to do so. We'd love for you to be a part of Fantasy Football Fellowship. And and so you can go to unpackingit.com slash fantasy to join one of our four leagues. And it'll be fun to compete against you and and have a little fun this season. And and then if you can join us for the Fantasy Football Fellowship calls each Thursday, uh, we'll have some great conversations about faith and, of course, fantasy football. So uh, check that out, unpackingit.com. So today's podcast is a special one as I share a sermon that I gave uh, at a church in North Carolina. And the the series uh, at church was Weird Summer. And, and so some different topics, just uh, kind of things going on in culture. And so my topic was weird sports. And so, of course, that's right up my alley. And, and basically, the, the, the premise of the sermon was this, that sports fans reveal... What we were all created for, and and so we were created to know God, to worship God, and to belong uh, to Him and and to His family, and 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 meaning we we were meant to connect and be in fellowship with with other people. Um, and so that's what I talk about uh, during this sermon, and and so I hope that that you are uh, just inspired by it and 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 hopefully uh, experience God, see God. Uh, in a different way, um, and and maybe in a, a renewed way too, to to get back to what does it really mean to know God and to worship Him, and and so uh, I'd love any feedback. This was actually the the first time that I preached on a Sunday morning, so so this was a a big you know big opportunity, big deal for me, and it was just so cool uh, to prepare for it because I just really trusted God. All right, what do you want me to talk about? And, and show me the kind of the, the, the process and the path and you know what to use and how how it needs to all come together. You know I'm used to putting together podcasts and radio shows and devotionals uh, but this is a little bit different and so it was a great challenge for me uh, and and really a great experience just to, to deepen my faith and reliance on him and and of course, I love talking about sports but but more importantly being able to to use sports to point people. To Jesus and, and to really understand you know, who God is and how much He loves us and, and wants us to to be with Him, to know Him, to experience Him and His goodness, and so I hope that that shines through uh, during this this sermon today. So uh, a little bit different here on the podcast, but it's the same stuff it's sports, faith, and life. So here we go before we jump in, let me ask you this: do you need to get your own health insurance? We'll go to health Market Genius. That's healthmarketgenius.com. Support them as they support us. And as always, know your options. All right, here we go. The sermon that I gave at the Point
0: Church in Belmont, North Carolina. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson.
1: whole family. A warm welcome, if you will. Thanks, brother. Awesome. Appreciate you. Thanks, Ray. Uh, thrilled to be here, and I got to know, where are my sports fans at? All right, good. So today, uh, and I'm a huge sports fan, so I'm an App State grad. I'm a Duke fan. I'm a Hornets fan, Panthers fan, grew up in Charlotte, and, and so root for the, the home teams. And I'm so thankful sports are back, and so we're we're going to talk about that. But I'm going to explain today how sports fans reveal what we were all created for. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna unpack that and think about that. What are we created for? So we're gonna have some fun. But first, I love sports. Many of you love sports. Even if you don't, I I trust that God's going to move today and encourage you. And and so don't 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 worry even if if, even if you're not. But we got to take a look at how weird sports fans are, and I'm weird. I'm a weird sports fan. I don't even think you can separate. Sports fans are weird. That's, that's the reality. But also, sports have been so weird this last year because they were taken away from us. And so we're going to look at some pictures that kind of sum up what we've experienced this last year as sports fans. And do you remember last March when sports just stopped? March Madness didn't happen it just stopped and and then from there finally sports started to 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 come back but guess what they gave us on ESPN they were showing us marble races and cherry pit spitting contests this was this was seriously on ESPN that's what we that's what we were settling for during that time and and then they they allowed sports to return but there were no fans and so they were uh, the NBA they did their whole playoffs with no fans in a bubble. It was, this, it was this weird bubble situation. And then baseball came back with cardboard fans. <laughs> cardboard, I mean, th- that was a real thing. People paid to be a cardboard fan. And then we got the Masters in November, which was weird. We, we always have it in the spring. And it was in, in November. And then sports, not only was it kind of weird because of the, the virus, but then all of a sudden, There were weird things going on in sports like Tom Brady, who was in New England for 20 years, went to Tampa Bay with his buddy Rob Gronkowski, and they won the Super Bowl. The Bucs with Tom Brady at 43 years old won the Super Bowl. And then we had Baylor basketball. They were down and out, huge controversy years ago. And then they won the men's college basketball championship out of nowhere, surprising everybody. And then now in baseball, we have uh, this incredible pitcher and hitter being compared to Babe Ruth. Shohei Otani, he just started the all-star game at both positions. Now college athletes can can make money off their name, image, and likeness because they have such a big platform and fans follow them. They're now going to be able to to capitalize on that, which is weird. Athletes getting paid in college. And then I don't know how many people stayed up last night to watch the Bucks and Suns game five the Suns and the Bucks in the NBA Finals. Where's LeBron? Where's Steph Curry? What are we talking about here? But it's been awesome, and, and so there you go. There's been just kind of this weird year in sports, but we love it. We love it. The, the one concern, though, is as fans have returned to the stadiums and arenas, there's been some weird, bad sports fans, like the guy that, that spit on Trey Young during the playoffs. Or the guy that threw popcorn at Russell Westbrook during the playoffs. And so those are the bad fans. But I want to focus today on the weird, good fans. All right? Which I'm one of them, okay? And many of you are as well. So let's take a look at some weird fans. we got to start with my App State Mountaineers. And look at these guys. These are great fans, right? they got face paint, body paint. Look at them dressed up as Yosef. These are some, some incredible fans. And so we'll just go through and, and, and kind of look at, at what fans are like these days, right? When you, you look in the crowd at stadiums and arenas that, that fill up. And so you can just run through the, these pictures, guys. And, and so notice, you know, people are willing to dress up and, and wear you know, shirts. And look at this guy. This is a grown man. This is a grown man. Look, look, look at the next one. This is a grown man face painting another grown man. Look how delicate he is. And, and these guys, you know, bonding together, you know, supporting their Green Bay Packers. And those are as, as diehard of fans as, as ever. And so as you look through all these pictures, look at, there's Bryce Johnson. I'm Bryce Johnson. That's Bryce Johnson. He's got an I. No I in my name. I'm, I'm Bryce with a Y. Uh, and then look at sports fans. They want to be close to the athletes. They want to just try to touch them. And look at, look at them putting their arms up, the camera crazies. They go nuts. They go nuts for Duke basketball. And so all of these pictures of fans point to how much we love sports, we hunger for sports, but how does the behavior of weird sports fans reveal what we were created for? Look at this. Taking a, a goalpost down. That's up in Boone. I'm going to talk about that in just a little bit. So the problem is, though, we weren't created for sports. We were created by God to know him, worship him, and belong to his family. But weird sports fans would rather know athletes, worship athletes, and belong to a specific fan base. So before we jump in, let me, let me pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that right now you would open our hearts to receive your truth based on the scripture you've given us. Your word, Lord, we, we, we put ourselves under that authority Lord, we know that you are real, you are good, you are loving, you desire for us to know you and enjoy you and experience you. Lord, I pray that you would speak through me right now, that it'd be your words, not my words. Holy Spirit, take over. Fill this room. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so let's unpack what we were created for by first looking at sports fans, and then we'll look at what the Bible says as well. And so the the first thing that we realize is that sports fans hunger or desire to know athletes, right? We want to be close to athletes. We want to see how big and strong and fast they are. So we go to games in person. We sit as close as we can because we want to know them. We want to feel them and touch them and and be there. And and so growing up, I remember going to NBA games. and, And one time my brother and I, we went like a couple hours early to the game just so that we could get autographs from the players. Just so we could get, just our, reach our hand out. Hey, 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 let me, get, let me get an autograph on a card, a sporting, you know, a trading card with a, a little image of a, of a man on, on that card so that I could get a little ink with his name that's, that proved that I, I met him or knew him uh, in that brief moment. There was another game where my, my other brother, he stayed after the game and he caught a headband from one of the players. I think he still has it. The sweat of an athlete on this headband he catches it and all the sweat gets all like, oh yeah, I've got it. I got his headband. And so, you know, if we ever do get the chance to, to meet an athlete, we can't wait to post on social media or tell our friends who we know or, or who we met, right? Just last week, I went to the touchdown club and met former NFL quarterback uh, Philip Rivers, he didn't know me. I, I just got a brief little picture with him. I got a sweaty back and, and put my arm around him. Um, and, and, but I couldn't wait to send that picture out. Look who I met. I met Philip Rivers. I wasn't even a Philip Rivers fan. But I was all excited to, to, to show people that, that I knew him. And so why do we do this? We view athletes as excellent, amazing. We put them on a pedestal. We consider them value, valuable. The truth is, though, we only think we know them, and most of us, we've never actually met them, and we only know about them. We only know their stats. We, we, we may know, you know what they say on social media or in interviews or, or how they act during games or, or what others say about them, but we don't know them personally, even though we wish we did. And, and so all of this is fun, and I'm, I'm, listen, I'm a sports fan. We have a ministry for sports fans. That's what Unpacking It is. So I love sports fans. We, we leverage sports fandom. But, but the, the reality is all of this is fun and fine, but it's not God's best. It's not what we were really created for. It shows us what we were created for, but what we were really created for was to know God, the creator. And so our souls desire to know him, not intellectual knowledge, but living in fellowship with him. And he wants us to be with him now and for eternity to enjoy his presence. And so we have the opportunity to know God personally. He's not a distant God. He's a personal God. And that's because Jesus was sent to earth. He died on the cross for our sins. He rose again so that we could be saved, live for eternity, and be in fellowship with him. Despite our sin, Jesus died for us so that we could know him and experience eternal life. And so we were made for this intimate relationship with him. So why are we settling for whatever the world offers us, leaving us empty? I'm talking about sports and sports fans today, but, but fill in the blank for, for you. What's leaving you empty? What, what, what are you what, more concerned about knowing? Or who are you more concerned about knowing? Our soul is satisfied when we know our creator and enjoy him deeply, being in his presence and experiencing his grace and goodness. All right, so let's go to the, the Word of God. Let's, let's, let's go to the Bible, and we'll start 1 John five twenty, where it says, and we know that the Son of God has come, and he has given us understanding so that we can know the true God. And now we live in fellowship with the true God, because we live in fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the only true God, and he is, he is eternal life. John 17, three says, now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true supreme and sovereign God, and in the same manner know Jesus as the Christ whom you have sent. So we have the ability to know God through Jesus. Not only know about him, but actually know him intimately, personally. Again, both now and forever. Forever. John Piper, the author of the book, Don't Waste Your Life, awesome book, highly recommend it. This is what he writes. What is eternal life? It is to know God and his son, Jesus Christ. No thing can satisfy the soul. The soul was made to stand in awe of a person, the only person worthy of awe. All heroes are shadows of Christ. We love to admire their excellence, How much more will we be satisfied by the one person who conceived all excellence and embodies all skill, all talent, all strength, and brilliance, and savvy, and goodness? God loves us by liberating us from the bondage of self so that we can enjoy knowing and admiring him forever. So we can admire the, the athletes and all that, but that's not what our soul really desires. And so the question for us today... Do we really know God? And are you hungry for a vibrant and fulfilling relationship with him? Many of us will say that we know God or we think we know God, but the truth is we really know just more about him. And there is this difference when we actually know him. Not just what other people say about him or know a few of his stats or a few of his stories about him, but actually know him. Because knowing him transforms our behavior and our thoughts. When when we know him for who he really is, we'll we'll want to tell others because we know him. Hey, I met Philip Rivers. Who cares? I know God. I know God. And so this this happens. We, we, We get to know him when we spend time in his word, when we communicate with him in prayer, listening. Listening to his voice, seeking him with our whole heart—not just a little bit of our heart, not just whatever leftover time we have from all the games that we have to watch, right? And so we have to desire to, to understand his character and understand his ways. And so First John two four through six says, "Whoever says I know him but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word." in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. So when we know him, we're going to reflect him. We're going to live like him. We're going to live like Jesus because we, we know who he really is. And then First John 3:6 says, no one who abides in him, who remains united in fellowship with him, deliberately, knowingly, and habitually practices sin. No one who habitually sins has seen him or known him. We're not gonna wanna keep on sinning when we really know him, when we know how good he is, when we know how loving he is, when we know his grace, when we, when we understand the depth of his, his love and his power. And so our lives are way different than they used to be and way different from the world's when we truly know him and not just know about him. The second way weird sports fans reveal what we were all created for is sports fans willingly and passionately worship athletes. It goes hand in hand with with knowing, this desire to know, but it's this worship. Again, we view athletes as excellent, amazing. We put them on a pedestal. We consider them valuable, and we long to experience greatness and witness something special and we want to be in the presence of greatness. There's something in us that, that wants that. And even, you know, non-sports fans, you, you know, you, you respect businessmen or, or uh, celebrities or whatever. You, you think they're, you know, they're great. And so we, we're, we, we want that. We want to be in that presence. And so when we see athletes win or our favorite teams win, we, we love this reflective glory. Like if they win, if App wins, I win right? I'm a champion. I wear my App State ring proud. This is no championship ring. This is, I just graduated. I paid a bunch of money. My parents paid a bunch of money for me to go to App. But I have this reflective glory. I bask in victory for my Mountaineers. And so the other aspect of this is, you know, you you go to the games and we saw the pictures. We'll stand and cheer. We go nuts for our favorite teams. I mean, we are absolutely crazy. Grown men, face painting. Standing, standing up. You know, they, other times you see you know men just trying to stand up. Oh, you see a touchdown, boing! Yeah, let's go, touchdown! We're 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 so eager to stand up and cheer and throw our hands in the air and just reach out and touch touch these athletes. And think about how much we sacrifice just to watch a game, just to show up to a game or to to work around our schedule so we don't miss kickoff at one o'clock on Sunday even if it means dipping out a little bit early from church. Ooh, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Better, we, we don't want to miss tailgate. We don't want to miss tailgate. We may miss the, the last song of worship, but we, we don't want to miss the tailgate. And so then you think about, you know, the way we worship these guys, we put posters on the wall. I got a man cave. I got posters on the wall. And, and again, it's not that it's a, it's a bad thing, but if that becomes what we're worshiping and who we're worshiping, Man, we're missing out. And so and I, show, I showed the picture of me wearing another man's jersey. A grown man. Well, I was in college then. But, but still, the grown man wearing another man's jersey. I mean, think about that. I think about it. I mean, it's just, it's, just, it's just crazy. But this is what we do as, as sports fans. Um, and, and, you know, I even think about one of my favorite athletes, Kobe Bryant. When he died, you know, man, I, I appreciated the way he played. And, and he was a fun player to watch. But people really worshipped him. Like, it was evident. They respected him, but it went, it went beyond that. It was this, this worship. And so the problem is, athletes weren't made to be worshiped. So we're worshiping the wrong person. And we, again, we can appreciate athletes and enjoy the excitement of sports, but they will always let us down. And so when they become idols and, and, and they replace our devotion and worship of God, we're missing our purpose. Because here's the key. We were created to worship God and bring Him glory. and and reflect his glory and experience his glory, not the glory of a a win on Saturday or Sunday for our favorite football team. And so when we really know him, we will worship him because we understand his power, his goodness, his grace, his love, his mercy, what he did on the cross. He is the one who is excellent and amazing and perfect and all-knowing. He's the one that won't let us down. And so singing and and Sunday worship is a part of, of it. And so we come on on Sundays and we sing and hopefully we listen to to worship songs throughout the the, the week. But even then, why why are sports fans so passionate on Saturday during college football games and Sunday NFL games, but we stand here and and we don't have that same enthusiasm? We're not in awe of God the same way that we are. We're in awe of what LeBron James and Tom Brady can do with their sport. And the other thing is beyond only singing. Sometimes we we limit worship to only singing, which is a key part of it, but it's so much more than that. So let's look at the Bible, and and here's what it says in Romans 11.36. For everything comes from God alone. Everything lives by his power, and everything is for his glory. To him be glory evermore. So Rick Warren, awesome book, Purpose Driven Life. Hopefully you've read it. It's worth reading again. I was looking through my highlights from when I read it years ago. Awesome book. So Rick Warren, he says this on worship. God's inherent glory is what he possesses because he is God. It is his nature. We cannot add anything to this glory just as it would be impossible for us to make the sun shine brighter. But We are commanded to recognize his glory, honor his glory, declare his glory, praise his glory, reflect his glory, and live for his glory. Why? Because God deserves it. We owe him every honor we can possibly give. Since God made all things, he deserves all the glory. The Bible says, you are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created everything. The creator allows us to know him and invites us to to worship him and and live for him. And so Rick Warren also says worship is our first responsibility to God. We worship God by enjoying him. Have you ever thought of worship that way? And do you really enjoy God? Enjoy, not not rush our time that we spend with him. When we're here at church, not thinking about the one o'clock kickoff, but actually enjoying God And then in the book, he quotes C.S. Lewis where he said, in commanding us to glorify him, God is inviting us to enjoy him. And then Rick adds, God wants our worship to be motivated by love, thanksgiving, and delight, not duty. It's out of our love for him that that we worship him and live for his glory. And so 1 Corinthians 10.31, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Again, Rick Warren adds, Worship is far more than praising, singing, and praying to God. Worship is a lifestyle of enjoying God, loving Him, and giving ourselves to be used for His purposes. When you do use your life for God's glory, everything you do can become an act of worship. Enjoying God, being with God in every area of our life, all throughout the day. Enjoying Him. And so then, Hebrews twelve twenty eight. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken let us show gratitude and offer to God pleasing service and acceptable worship with reverence and awe. So who are we worshiping? Are we worshiping ourselves or other idols? Maybe it's athletes, maybe it's money, success. Or are our eyes and hearts fixed on Jesus, desiring to bring God glory with our lives and worshiping the one who we were created to worship? And enjoy. All right, we're going to have to go quick here. The third way weird sports fans reveal what we all were created for is that sports fans desire to belong to a specific fan base, right? I'm proud to be a Mountaineer. I'm proud to be a Duke fan, proud to be a Panthers fan, Hornets fan, but, but we, we love how it connects us with other like-minded people, and we, we, we have these shared experiences you know, Panthers fans, we, we enjoyed the undefeated season, and, and, and then we lost, and then being able to, to go to the Super Bowl, and then lost in the Super Bowl, right? Two different Super Bowls, We Panthers fans lost, right? But we experienced it together, the highs and lows of it, and so we love belonging to the fan base. We love the tailgating, wearing team's color, the face paint, being at a game, high-fiving, right? All of this, that, that we love these, these similar experiences. And again, it's all fun. And in many ways, it's fine for us to enjoy. But, but this is just a surface level way of belonging. Deeper relationships are available to us because lastly, we were created to belong to God's family. And so th- this, is, this, is, this is real belonging. It's, it's even you know, more than just a, a slight connection. This is communing, meaningful fellowship, authentic community. Think about this last year when we were isolated. We knew deep down, man, we, were, we are made for other people, to enjoy other people, to, to be connected in, in a deep, meaningful, powerful way. And, and that's possible because of Christ. And so the same spirit that, that, that I, I, I received when I received Christ is the same spirit living in you if you're a, a follower and believer in Jesus. And so we share that same spirit. We worship the same God. We know the same God. The God that I know personally is the same God you know personally. And so we can enjoy the life of God with each other. But, but oftentimes we're not as intentional a, a, about that. Um, and so here, here's the, the, the scripture for this to, for us to just realize that we're in God's family ephesians 1 5 and 6 god decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through jesus christ this is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure so we praise god for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son and then psalm 103 acknowledge that the lord is god he made us and we are his we are his people the sheep of his pasture we are his people we are god's people John Piper writes this, this is somewhere, not from this book. Fellowship is a mutual bond that Christians have with Christ that puts us in a deep, eternal relationship with one another. An eternal relationship with one another. That's what we have available to us. And so, I, I, my wife and I, we started coming to uh, the point th- a year ago. We love belonging here, we, we love the relationships that are forming, the community that's here. And so are we partaking in all that that is available to us to enjoy these meaningful relationships? And so, you know, are we just coming to to church to check it off or are we partaking in in living out our lives with other believers? And so we were created to belong to Christ, to be connected with others. and, And so we have to live this connection out and enjoy the benefits of it. And and so we have to rely on one another for encouragement, accountability, carrying each other's burdens. We're all dealing with tough stuff right now. Some of it we don't tell anyone. But if we have the same spirit in us and and we serve the same God, we're in it together. We're a family. So we have to we have to we have to walk alongside one another. And so here at The Point, we've got life groups. Get in a life group. Be a part of it. He mentioned Man Up. What, what came out of the Man Up Charlotte conference is some, some men really saying, hey, we we got to gotta get some men's ministry going on. we gotta, we got to get these meaningful relationships happening within this church. And so we're, we're making the steps toward that. And then also, a, a quick plug. So I wrote a book called Fantasy, The Fantasy Football Fellowship Playbook. It takes fantasy football concepts, relates it to the Bible. And so here at the church, we're not only going to play fantasy football together, which is fun, it's nice. We're going to go deeper. We're, we're going to see what the Bible has to say. We're going to have meaningful uh, fellowship through fantasy football. That's just the entry point. We're going to go deeper in that. And So Brad's going to be out in the, in the lobby if you want to play fantasy football and build some relationships and add meaning and purpose to the fantasy football season. And so again, sports don't have to be bad. They can be good. We can leverage it for good. God can use it for his glory. He's that good. He's that powerful. Even fantasy football. And and so here's what Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Jesus is coming back. Amen. So today we saw how sports fans reveal what we were created for. And so now what? Let's seek God to know him deeply. Let's worship him with our whole heart. And let's participate in fellowship with his family. And I'm going to close with this. I brought a goal post today. All right? So my freshman year at App State, we had an awesome football team. We were in the playoffs. It was the game before the national championship. We were playing against, in the playoffs, one of our rivals, Furman. So, if we win this game at home in Boone, we get to go to the national championship. And we won. The reflective glory. We won. And so, what did we do? We rushed the field. I'm a freshman. I want to belong. I want to belong here. I want to be part of the Mountaineer faithful. So I rush the field and, you know, you try to touch the athletes. Hey, great win. Great win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then all of a sudden you look over and you go, oh, wow, that goalpost is coming down. So a group of of people are carrying this goalpost. They they brought it down and then all of a sudden it's, we're going to take this out of here. So people will take the goalpost and now all of a sudden I'm going, all right, uh, let's go. It's exciting. The experience of, of being a fan. And so we, we first tear down a, a fence. We have to get through the fence to get it out. Then we take it down the street, the main street where the, the, the stadium is. There's a pond there. This is December in Boone, freezing. People are jumping in the pond with the, the goalpost. I didn't do that. I wasn't that brave. But, but, but there, I, there I was. And, and so the, the goalpost all of a sudden comes out of the water. And, and then we're, we're take it like, all right, let's go to the gymnasium, let's go to the cafeteria, let's bring it to the library. All right, sure, let's go. And, and, and I hate to say this, but as we're carrying this thing, cars are being broken, things are being damaged. There's a, we're, you know, we're wreaking havoc behind us. But we're so caught up in this excitement and caught up in the moment and the the mob mentality, that crowd mentality where you just want to belong and be a part of the crowd and all right, we're doing it. And and the emotions are high. I was sober. I was sober doing this. This This was the excitement of sports fandom. That's what was driving us. And then it hit me. I go, what am I doing why, why am I still carrying this metal goalpost around the campus? I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. We're, we're breaking things. What is wrong with me? And so I had this epiphany. And I was like, all right, I got to get out of here. This is, this is ridiculous. And so the question for us today, are we carrying around a goalpost? Are we, are we chasing things that ultimately don't matter are we caught up in the crowd? Are we caught up in what the world tells us? Hey, come over here. Come over here. We're going to go to the gymnasium. Jump in the pond. It, well, eh, It doesn't matter. And maybe today, it's the, for the first time, you're thinking, i got to make some changes. What am I doing? My, my life is broken. The, way, the path I'm on is just wreaking havoc on everyone around me. Thankfully, Jesus carried the cross he went to the cross. He died for us. He gave us hope so that we could be forgiven, so that we could know God, worship God, and belong to his family. And he invites us to follow him because he, took up his, his, because he carried the cross for us and invites us to take up our own cross and to die to our former way of life and each day to die to our selfish desires and seek him. And follow after him. It's way better than this metal goalpost. And so let's pray as we we wrap things up. And and I'm I'm so thrilled to to be here with you today. And I'm I'm passionate about sports. But I'm even more passionate about seeing people follow Jesus. And and knowing God in a real powerful, meaningful way. And so if today you say, hey, I want to receive Jesus. I want to know God in a real way. Just tell them. Invite them into your life. Invite them into your heart. Say, Lord, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I, I, I know that you're the Creator, and I want to
0: know you. My soul longs for you. I'm hungry for you. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackin'it.com. That's u-n-p-a-c-k-i-n-i-t.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.